Welcome to another edition of From the Preacher Study. We're very glad to present to you God's Word. My name is Kevin Clark, and I, along with my friend and colleague, the preacher here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, Bob Hutto, I have the pleasure of leading this study. As you all know, we have been in the Sermon of the Mount or Sermon on the Mount for quite some time. And specifically, we've been talking here lately about how to deal with our wealth, our material possessions, riches, and making sure we have the proper attitude towards those and how we use those things in our life. And as we made the point last time, it's a very important subject because our Lord and Savior addressed it multiple times throughout his teaching, well beyond even the Sermon on the Mount. And we would say that even the entire Bible addresses the whole subject, Old Testament and New Testament. So anything that's addressed that often and obviously is addressing a problem that's perpetual for humankind. Uh, so we uh, hope that you've been enjoying the study. We hope that you have your Bibles with you. We're trying to exalt God's Word and, and talk not about our own thoughts and opinions of things, which we certainly have, but uh, what we want to talk about is what is God's Word telling us and focus on the text and let it drive uh, the thoughts that we share. Of course, we want to thank our two deacons, uh, Jason Reed and Mark Townsend here at the Oak Mountain Church of Christ, uh, very faithful stewards of their talents and abilities and always uh, lend uh, their abilities to us to put on this program. So thank you to them and to their families for being willing to give them up for the period of time that they work with us. Brother Hutto? Well, I'm looking forward to the study today. We're going to talk about Matthew chapter 6. I think we're going to begin in about verse 25. That's I right. think it does address... Uh, issues that we struggle with, mm -hmm. that people are, are struggling with quite a lot these days. Right. Anxiety and worry that's and right. things like that. And that's a very common problem. And so maybe we can say some things that will help people just in their day-to-day -day life right. not be as anxious about about their lives, about issues in their lives. So Absolutely. I'm looking forward to the study, and Amen. you're going to lead us today. And Absolutely. so uh, let's get started. Let's do it. Well, let's start by just reading. I know it's a lengthy reading here, but there's so much good stuff packed in here. And then we'll talk a little bit about the significance of what we read. Verse 25, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you by worrying can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I think you said at the very beginning the thing that really struck me, that unlike maybe the other passages, although they are addressing uh, riches and material things, I see Matthew 6, 25 through 33 or 34 as a very comforting passage, that it's telling us the things of life that we need. Let's make that point because he says in verse 32, for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things. And so one of the reasons why people worry about these things is that they're legitimate concerns. We do need these things to survive. We do need these things to thrive. We need food. We need drink. And we know if we go so far without food and drink, our bodies will quit operating. And so we've got to have something to protect also our bodies against the elements. Otherwise, we get too cold. We get too hot. So these are not illegitimate concerns, but nevertheless, 
God tells us, don't be overly concerned about these things. Don't, I like the, the concept, don't worry about these things. And he gives several reasons for that. And ultimately, the reason is God cares for you. And he says, if, you, if you're not convinced of that, look around you. You can observe. He says, I want you to look at, at the, the birds of the air. And, and, and look how they're not out there toiling the way we toil. They're not out there reaping the way we reap. And yet what? God provides what they need. God provides them their sustenance. God provides them with their food. And then the question, okay, if God will take care of the birds of the air, how much more so is he going to take care of individuals who are made in God's own image? individuals for whom his son died on the cross, individuals who created as the penultimate creation of God. And so he says, if you'd see that, you should know, hey, you're going to be taken care of. Then he gives another example. He says, look around you again. You looked at the birds. Now look at the lilies of the field. Be impressed that even though they're not toiling and they're not spinning things that human beings do, they are arrayed in such glory, he says, even more glorious than Solomon himself, which is saying something, especially to this Jewish audience. He says, you know, now if God is clothing the grass of the field in that way, which today is and tomorrow is thrown to the oven, how much more so you? Again, he's like, if God takes care of the birds, God takes care of the grasses, how much more those made in his image? And then ultimately he says, you know, don't worry about these things because God knows. God knows that you need these things. He said, here's what you need to worry about. Worry about God's kingdom. And you put God's kingdom first and then all these things will be added. I think that's so liberating because, again, God is saying, I know what you need. He's not trivializing these things because the Bible says they're things we need. But we can get so caught up in these things. And think about when we get caught up, we get stressed out, we get anxious. And what is that doing that? That is distracting us from our service mm -hmm. to God. When we're anxious and worried about these things, about where's my next meal coming from? How am I going to pay these bills? How am I going to take care of my health care? How am I taking care of my children? Guess what we're not doing? We're not studying God's Word. Guess what we're not doing? We're not praying like we ought to do. Guess what we're not doing? We're not going out and sharing the gospel with other people. Guess what we're not doing? We're not working on ourselves and trying to become more like Christ. So all of these things are distractions, and God is saying, guess what? I'll take care of that. You focus on the things that are most important. That's where you need to be productive. That's where you spend your time. That's where you spend your attention. Well, it's interesting that um, you know th throughout Scripture, especially in the teaching of Jesus, I mm -hmm. suppose, he compares our relationship to God uh, to a parent-child. Right. And so you can very much hear a, a parent telling a child, "I'll take care of you. Mm -hmm. You don't. You don't worry. Don't, mm -hmm. don't be overly concerned. Don't be stressed." I will take care of you. And so you just do what you need to do. Right, right. And I'll provide, I know what you need. I'll provide those things for you. And so you can you can rest at night. Right. You don't have to be anxious. I'll, I'll take care of you. I'll take care of your needs. And so that's the situation here that, verse 32, mm -hmm. uh, the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. Your, your, your father, right. your that's heavenly it. father, that's right. knows that you need these things. He'll, he'll take care of those things. That's right. You just trust that's it trust in him that's right so verse 30 so uh -huh. he, he kind of calls him out for having little exactly. faith yeah. it's just confidence isn't it that's in that right. particular passage faith is just trust and confidence don't don't you 
trust that I'll take care of you? Mm-hmm. Don't you have any confidence in me that I'm going to provide for you? Mm-hmm. If you'll seek my rule, my kingdom first, right. well, then I'm a loving father. I know what you need. I can provide, and I will. That's it. And, and uh, the concept of watching and learning from what we see uh, extends beyond just the two examples that he gives here. But really, you know, we're fortunate. We have the pages of divine inspiration, this whole biblical record where we see time and time again God taking care of his people, God providing manna to the children of Israel in the mm-hmm. wilderness, God providing water, bringing it out of rocks. We just see time and time again how God takes care. So it is really a matter of faith. Uh, I like the way uh, David says in Psalm 37, 25, when he says, I've been young, now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. And so David says, look, I've been around a long time. I've observed a lot of things, but let me tell you what I've not seen. I've not seen God's people go without what they need. And that's a great statement. So even that confidence that was there in the Old Testament, we see repeated with a greater intensity here in the New Testament. What does that do for us? Well, it allows us to really focus on what is most important. I'll give you an example. I think sometimes people, um, Christians, will get very worked up about their work obligations. And and, and sometimes work can be overwhelming and they have to go and work and and miss a lot of services and things of that nature. And, you know, obviously we're not to forsake the assembly, Hebrews 10, uh, 26. And and, and so sometimes people, when you ask about that and talk about that, well, I've got to feed my family and I've got to have this job. Well, that's true. You do have to feed your family, 1 Timothy 5, 8. Man does not provide for his own. He's worse than an infidel. But does anybody really think that an individual who says, you know what, I want to be with the saints when they come together, and I want to be edified, and I want to be encouraged, and like Hebrews 10.24 says, I want to stir one another up to love and good works. Does anybody think that that person is going to go without what they need? Now, I didn't say they're going to have the best of everything. I didn't say they're going to have the nicest house or the nicest car, but does anybody really believe that God is going to let that person who's putting him first go without? Well, this verse says it won't happen. He'll be taken care of. She'll be taken care of. Go ahead. And what we're saying is not an excuse to be irresponsible. Oh no, it's no, not no, like, not at all. Well, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to go out and apply myself no, and work hard and work diligently. Not at all. Because after all, God has promised to take care of me. That's not, that's not what the scriptures no. say. That's not what we're trying to say. That's right. Second uh, Thessalonians chapter there three, <laughs> Paul says uh, in verse seven, mm-hmm. you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example because we did not act in an undisciplined manner among you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it, but with labor and hardship, we kept working night and day so that we wouldn't be a burden to any of you. Right. You follow our example. That's right. And so Paul talks about his own practice of working, working with his own that's hands. Right. And so that's that's an honorable thing to do. It's right. So seeking God's kingdom first and trusting God to provide is not uh, uh, an excuse or uh, doesn't justify not being a hard worker that's and right. diligent and uh, providing for your own and and having something to give those who are in need Amen. In, in that way. In fact, let me just go back to that same series of passages. In verse 10, he says, For even when we were with you, we commanded you this, If anyone will not work, neither shall he eat. And so you're absolutely right. Paul says there's a principle here. You do need to work to provide for yourself, for your family, for those who are in need, and certainly to give back to the Lord's kingdom. So nothing we're saying is suggesting you sit by idly and expect God to take care of everything without you doing your part. But the nice thing is at when you do do your part, because we all run into situations where we get nervous about, do I have enough? And I've had situations in my job where I worry, you know, I'll finish up a case and, 
Now I worry, will I have another case and will I have enough to do? And, and I've just learned over the years not to think that way because every time I have that concern, something comes on the plate, something takes care of that. And so, and, and the nice thing, again, it, it liberates you to be focused on the things that matter because I've seen people get just overcome with concerns about how do we make ends meet and they're not being productive in the kingdom. And we want people investing in those treasures in heaven that we've been talking about in some of the prior podcasts. Looks like you've got something. I like uh, Proverbs chapter 12, verse 13. Mm -hmm. A lazy man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. Right. And so uh, what what do I want to acquire? Well, the precious possession of a man is is diligence, is the willingness to work hard. Amen. And so that's... uh, out of all the things you can get, that's one thing that you want to get. You that's want right. to develop that willingness to to apply yourself and to work hard. And especially we're working hard in our spiritual duties. Yes, yes. Then, of course, the Lord will provide the worry, the anxiety, and in a sense is a, a lack of confidence that's in, right. in God. It's it's uh, it's so the question is, am I going to be am I going to be able to provide for myself and my right. family? And it's it's a lack of vision. It's a lack of understanding that I trust in God to provide the things that I need. Absolutely. So, uh, that's why he calls him out. Oh, ye of little faith. That's right. I like to, at the end, as we wrap up the session here, therefore do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things sufficient for the day is its own trouble. We see time and time again, in the Bible, this emphasis of living in the present, living in the now. Don't assume that you have tomorrow, even in the Lord's prayer, give us this day, our daily bread, our daily allocation uh, and we know in James uh, chapter 4 that we're not to be presumptuous and just assume that we're going to have all this time. I think that's a good perspective, that be concerned about what's before you. Don't get too caught up in what's going to happen in the days ahead. First of all, we don't know if we have mm-hmm. the days ahead. We may not be here. We may pass away. The Lord may come back. And so the Lord says, you know what? There's enough to occupy your time in that day that I've given to you. Think about that. Sometimes the older people, I love their perspective where they wake up and they're saying, you know, I'm just thankful that God gave me this day. They're not looking ahead, oh, God's going to give me days or months, but they're focused on this day that God has given to me. And let me use this day in a way that's productive and bring glory and honor to God. And I think there's that sense here that don't don't get caught up in what's going to happen in the future. He's not saying don't plan for the future. He's not saying don't make provisions for the future. But, but worry about the things that need to be taken care of that day and don't get overwhelmed with all the things that could happen in the future. One of the attitudes we need to develop is this contentment, yes. being content with what, with what God has given us. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, we work hard, we apply ourselves, whatever your hand finds to do, do with all your might and so forth. But all that being said, we learn to be content. So 1 Timothy chapter 6 says, mm-hmm. we've, uh, verse, verse 6 says, uh, godliness is is a means of great gain when accompanied with contentment. That's right. We brought nothing into the world. We cannot take anything out of it either. Uh, if we have food and covering with these, we shall be content. Yes. It's the desire to be rich, as he goes on to say, mm-hmm. that becomes problematic. That's right. And so be thankful. All be right. thankful for what God has provided. Be content with what God has provided. Uh, seek first his kingdom. Mm-hmm. And 
God will take care of you. That's right. You know, I would say with that contentment, too, that's something that we learn. That's something that we develop. It's certainly not a natural state of affairs. Paul even illustrates that in his teaching, Philippians chapter 4, where he says this, beginning verse 10, But I rejoice in the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again, though you surely did care, but you lacked opportunity. Not that I speak in regard to need, for I have learned in whatever state I am to be content. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things I've learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Jesus Christ who strengthens me. And I love this point. I have learned in whatever state I am. So he said, look, through the process of life experiences, I have learned to be content whether I am doing extremely well or whether I'm not doing so well. And, and we have to have that attitude. Mm-hmm. You know, that promise in Matthew 6 doesn't mean you're always going to be abounding. I mean, you may be barely getting by. You'll have what you need. But whatever state we find ourselves in, here's the wonderful thing. We can be right with God. We can be content. We can be thankful. There's always something to be thankful for. No matter how difficult life is, there's always something to say, God, I'm very thankful for you doing X, Y, and Z for me. So a very good attitude for us to go through life being thankful, being grateful, enjoying the things that we have, enjoying the fruit of our labor, as you say, not being lazy, working hard, being diligent, but, but recognizing at the end the trust and the confidence is not in the bank account. It's not in our abilities. It's not in the country we live in. It's not in the state or the local leadership or politics. Our trust and our confidence is in God who takes care of us. Right, right. Well, did you have any no, other things no. to say? It sounds good to me. Kevin. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 we ran out of time there. There's a few other things we could have said, but um, I want to give you the last word because I feel like I've talked a lot. <laughs> Well, I hope that we have said some things over the last couple of sessions. As we've said, you know, Jesus has a lot to say about material things. And so we can see this this is really a, quite a long section that's devoted right. to that. Right. And so it just impresses upon us the importance of keeping everything in perspective and everything in the right order of priority. And we want to make sure that first, mm-hmm. and really pervasive through all things, right. all aspects of our lives, is uh, serving the Lord and seeking His kingdom. And so Amen. that comes before everything else. But in the end, it will enhance yes. every other aspect of our life as well. Absolutely. We really have to be, I think earlier during a podcast, you talked about being having that spiritual foresight and looking at the spiritual implications of things. Uh, we're, we're not to be focused in this life. We're pilgrims. We're sojourners. We're just passing through. We're getting ready for eternity. And when you have that vantage point, that permeates everything you do, including how you use the things that you've been given, and also how you look at the things that you need in this life. Again, whatever the devil throws at us, whatever mankind does, we know we have a loving Father who cares for us, going to take care of us, and ultimately is going to take care of us in heaven. That's our ultimate goal. Well, we have reached the end of our uh, podcast probably five, ten minutes ago, but that's okay. I appreciate your <laughs> your patience. But uh, we always like to end our podcast with a prayer, and we don't want to do anything differently this time. So, Brother Hutto, would you lead us in a word of prayer? Sure. Our Father in heaven, we're thankful that we are your children, that uh, you have bestowed sufficient love upon us through your Son, Jesus Christ, that that we can be called your children. And we're thankful that we have that relationship with you. We're thankful that we can call upon you as our Father, and that we know as a loving Father, you have our best interest in, in mind, that you will do the things that are best for us. Father, we pray at this time that you'll Uh, Provide for us each day the things that we need. And if we have more, Father, than we need, help us to be willing to share with others, to be willing to be generous and uh, see to the needs of others uh, as as you've seen to our needs. Uh, Our Father, we pray that we'll not 
be deceived by wealth, that we, although it's necessary to get along in this life, that we won't allow it to become our ruler so that we serve it and that we spend our our lives, our time, our energy in uh, the pursuit of acquiring material things, that we become more devoted to it than we are to you, that it becomes an idol. And so, Father, we pray that uh, we'll be continually uh, introspective, that we will examine ourselves and our attitudes uh, toward material things, and that uh, we'll always seek your will and seek your kingdom first. We're so thankful, Father, for the things that you give us. We know that all of these things ultimately come from you. And help us, Father, to be content with the things that you've given us and our station in life. Uh, And uh, after all, Father, this life is not our home. Uh, We're uh, looking for and striving for uh, eternal dwelling place. Father, we continue to be thankful. We ask you to provide for us each day the things that we need. We're especially thankful, Father, for your blessings that you bestow upon us through Christ. We pray that we'll grow richer and richer in those blessings, and that we'll come to appreciate them more, and that we'll learn how to use them better uh, to build ourselves up and to build others up as well. Father, we pray that you'll continue to go with us, that you'll provide for us, that you'll bless us, that you'll lead us in in the way that we need to go, and that uh, all things in our lives will be done according to your will. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.